Hello and welcome to The Quiz Kids from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Quiz Kids, brought to you by the makers of Alka-Seltzer. Alka-Seltzer for headache. Alka-Seltzer for acid indigestion. Alka-Seltzer for cold distress. Yes, when these occasional ailments make you miserable, take Alka-Seltzer for really fast, really effective relief. Attention, Quiz Kids, there's our first bell, and here's today's first question. How to handle women has been a problem from time immemorial. Looking to nature for an answer, how does the great Pied Hornbill handle this problem? Yes, there's brain teaser number one for today's school session, and you listeners have a few seconds to think it over while the youngsters here in our class get settled at their desks. And here they are, the quiz kids and the chief quizzer himself, Joe Kelly. Thank you, Bob Murphy, and hello, everyone. School is starting all over the country, as you all know, and we're beginning a new semester here in radio's famous classroom of the air, too. We're beginning it in new caps and gowns designed especially for us by E.R. Moore Company of Chicago. I just wish all you listeners could see how cute the quiz kids look in their bright red robes and matching caps. And as for their quiz master, Faith and Begora, what could be a more appropriate color than Kelly Green? <laughs> anyway, we're all set to make a bright splash in the current scholastic season. Here we go with today's checkup on those present. Joel? I'm Joel Kupperman. I'm 12 years old in Fulton School. Patrick? I'm Patrick Owen Conlon. I'm 11 years old and in 7B at the Fort Dearborn School. George? I'm George Cooks. I'm 14 years old and in 1B at Roosevelt High School. Therese? I'm Therese Richmond. I'm 7 years old and in 3rd grade at the Lafayette School. And Melvin? I'm Melvin Miles. I'm five years old. I'm going to kindergarten in Norwood Park School. Well, now, let's take care of that first question from Grace Holmes of Galveston, Texas. How to handle women has been a problem from time immemorial. Looking to nature for an answer, how does the great Pied Hornbill handle this problem? Well, let's see. Now, Melvin, uh, you had your hand up, uh, I think, first when I posed this question a while ago, and then you put it down. Did you, do you want to participate in all right, go ahead. Well, uh, see, uh, after the, um, in a hollow tree, he uh, digs, picks a hole, and then he uh, lets his mate go in it, you know? Yeah. And then he plasters it in with mud, and when the mud, uh, you know, plasters it down, yeah. then it gets hard like cement, and then when the, he wants to, when the mate wants to get out... See, uh, he just, uh, she knocks from the inside, and then this year when the father comes, comes and he knocks. He knocks from the outside, yeah. Yes, and the uh, mate knocks from the inside, and then it breaks open, and then uh, they uh, come out. Well, but you know about that. (laughs) 
Well, that's exactly right, Melvin. Uh, Patrick, you had your hand up also. What were you going to say? Were you... Well, I, I, th- I thought of that, too. Well, how, was... how, did, uh, how does the, uh, the husband get the food into his wife there? That's what I'd like to know. Well, if I remember rightly, he doesn't. Uh, she just, it just depends on when she wants to come out. Oh. Of course, uh, sometimes she can find food in the tree, but well, sometimes uh, well, she can't. Wait a minute. Let's see, Melvin. He, I, all right, Melvin. Well, uh, I didn't finish up the... Excuse me, I didn't finish up the whole part of it, but... Oh, uh, I see, yeah. See, he makes a hole. He puts a little, just a little hole, just for, so he could, uh, so his mate could get the, uh, you know... The food. The food and get air. Oh, fine. Well, I was worried about that. I just, uh, you know, I, I, a lot of folks out there probably want to know about that, too. Well, thanks very, very much. And that's absolutely right. Uh, for sending in that question, Alka-Seltzer gives Grace Holmes of Galveston, Texas, one of those dandy Zenith portable transoceanic standard shortwave radios. Now, this king of the portables is always the reward, friends, when the quiz kids answer your question correctly. If they miss, you get a fine Zenith radio phonograph combination with automatic record changer, the new Cobra tone arm, and two FM bands. Think up a question and send it in, won't you? Send it to Quiz Kids, Chicago. Now, here's a clever question from Mrs. Ruth Long of Massillon, Ohio. Suppose that two men famous in American history had sent questions to the Quiz Kids program and were determined to win one of those beautiful Zenith radios. By revising one of his own statements, who might have said this? I propose to write it out on this program if it takes all summer. Who might have said that? We've revised that a little bit. Joel? I propose to fight it out on this line if it takes all summer, and wouldn't that be General Falk in the First World War? Who? General Falk. Oh, no, no. No. No, you gave me the original quote there, all right. Joel again. General Grant. That's right. General Ulysses S. Grant. That's correct. I'll see if you kids can get the next one. I only regret that I have but one question to enter for my radio. Joel. That would be uh, Nathan Hale. And the original... I hotel. but regret that I have one life to give for my country. Well, but one life to lose for my country, huh? To be exact. Well, that's fine, kids. Now, on this question, you children are going to learn something. Florence Smirling of Los Angeles, California, points out that meanings of words change. I will give you a word with its present meaning. Then in the title of the song you are about to hear, you are to find the answer as to what this same word meant in the 11th century in England. Now, the first word is in, I-double-N, which now means, of course, a hotel. Listen to this music and tell what the word in meant originally. Joe? Isn't that keep the home fires burning? That's right. So the inn wouldn't, it, it's uh, sort of a place where, uh, a hotel. Well, no, I, I told you that. Now, what, uh, what did it used to mean? A and home? A home. That's right. That's absolutely right. Now, here's the, the second part. Buxom means plump. And here's the music to describe what the word used to mean. Good, good, that, good, that's you, that's you. Good, that's good, 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 so? Uh, well, that would mean, uh, well, uh, What? Something good. 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 Yeah. Good for you, yeah. Pat. That's right, absolutely right. Good, courteous, or obedient. <laughs> 
And now comes your mystery question, kids. Remember, it's a who's it question. And the first clue which I gave you at the close of the program last Sunday was, men at play add to his cares a uniform he seldom wears. Now you can go into your huddle. You have a minute more to think of your answer while we hear from Bob Murphy. What do you do when acid indigestion makes you feel miserable and upset? Maybe you ate too fast or too much or something uh, didn't agree with you. Do you just try to suffer it through, letting the discomforts of acid indigestion interfere with your work or pleasure? Well, friends, I hope not. On those occasions, I hope you remember that you've heard me say, be wise, alkalize with Alka-Seltzer. Yes, that's right, Alka-Seltzer. Just dissolve one or two tablets in a glass of water, then drink the sparkling, effervescing solution this makes. See how fast-acting Alka-Seltzer really is. See how soon it helps relieve that upset, jittery feeling in the stomach, how effectively Alka-Seltzer acts to reduce gastric hyperacidity. If you haven't tried it, visit your drugstore for a package today, won't you? You'll like Alka-Seltzer. It's easy to take. You'll like the clean, fresh taste it leaves in your mouth. But best of all, you'll like the amazingly fast relief it can give. All drugstores carry Alka-Seltzer, and once you've tried it, you'll never want to be without it in your home. All right, kiddies, come on out of your huddle now, and let's see if you can tell who's it. And it uh, looks like George is going to be the spokesman. All right, Georgie. We've chosen uh, Major Lennox R. Lohr because uh, he used to be a major, and that would account for uh, he seldom wears a uniform, and men at play... Uh, would mean uh, that he's in charge of the Railroad Fairs pageant, and he was also in charge of the uh, uh, pageant at the uh, Century of Progress. Well, no, that's, uh, that's, the, uh, that's incorrect insofar as the uh, answer I have on my card here is concerned. However, it was a very, very good try. And incidentally, I suppose with the Major being here and going to be our guest observer this afternoon, why, that probably prompted you to say that, maybe. I'll give you another clue a little bit later on, so you'll have another chance. In the meantime, we'll go along with questions here. Now, the next question from the Alka-Seltzer question box is from Nelda Salmon of Sealy, Texas, and I'm going to make three sounds which should suggest the names of three characters in a well-known children's story. Now, listen very closely. I'm going to make these sounds myself. <clears throat> Achoo! Ha-ha! All right, Joel. Well, wouldn't that be Snow? three characters from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? What are their names? Well, let's see. One was Sneezy. Sneezy. One was... Could you make some... The Ha-Ha. Uh, I don't... Ha-Ha. Patrick. Happy. Happy. And George? The other one was... Um, I forgot what you said. Uh, the, well, it was a... Sleepy. Sleepy. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> now, what three characters are these? <laughs> Patrick. Well, that would be the three bears from Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Thank you, pal. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I didn't know whether you could barely tell that or not. <laughs> With me out yelling at the baseball game <clears throat> the other day. Well, now, this uh, question is from C.A. Keckham from the Veterans Hospital at O.T., North Carolina. Everyone has heard of the Democrat and Republican parties, but can any of you quiz kids name three other political parties that are backing presidential candidates in the coming election? All right, Joel. 
Well, there's the Socialist Party. Socialist. Uh, their presidential candidate is Norman uh, Thomas, Norman and their Thomas. vice presidential candidate is Tucker Smith. Tucker Smith, huh? And then there's the Progressive Party. Progressive. Their candidates uh, is a Wallace for president uh, right, and Henry Taylor Wallace. for vice president. And there's a States' Rights Party. It has Strom Thurmond for uh, president and Fielding Wright for vice president and also... T- Let's see, to toss another one in the vegetarians, uh, Maxwell. That's very, very good, Joel. Very good. <laughs> Question call for only three, and you gave us four. That's fine. Hmm? Let's go back a little uh, for this one. Uh, how many parties can you name for the year, uh, oh, well, let's say 1848? Patrick. Well, in 1848... Uh, the Whigs put up uh, Zachary Taylor and Millard Fillmore. Yes. They won, finally. All right. And the Democrats put up uh, Lewis Cass and William O. Butler. Correct. And the uh, Free Soil Party put up Martin Van Buren and, and uh, Charles Francis Adams, who was the son of uh, John Quincy Adams, who was the son of John Adams. No, and, uh, no, you gave me the wrong name on vice president there on that last one. On Free the Soilers, soil. I yeah. think Charles uh, Francis Martin Adams. Martin Van Buren is correct. And his vice president was, his running mate was John P. Hale. That's very good, Pat. Very good. That's fine. (laughs) I understand. That doesn't mean it's a miss because we just asked for the political parties, not the names. All right, Patrick. Well, uh, I think, uh, I'm not sure of this, of course, but uh, in 1852, John P. Hale ran for the, uh, on the Free Soil Party as president with George Julian. So I think that uh, Charles Francis Adams is right. Well, could be. I, uh, <laughs> says John P. Hale on the card. Of well, course, of I course, could have got I, the wrong I, I'm name I'm on. maybe wrong, but I, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, well, there's only one way we can make sure. We'll double-check on it after the program. How about that, huh? All right, fine. Now, before we leave summer entirely behind us, let's try this question from Herbert Olson of Los Angeles, California. It combines things you are apt to see in the summertime with music. And by the way, Doris, in case we find an opportunity to ask you to play the piano during this question, I'd like to have you go over to the piano. Will you please? That's a good girl. All right, now then, I'll read the, the opening notes of three musical numbers, and you kids are to identify the music. The titles of each selection mention something we see during the summer. And DeRace, honey, if you can answer the question, you may play your answer. Get two out of three for this question. Here are the opening notes to the first one. G, G, A, G, G, A, G, G, High, D, D. Joel. The Flowers That Bloom in the Spring by Gilbert and Sullivan. That's right. The Flowers That Bloom in the Spring. That's correct. That's wonderful. Let's see what we can do with the next one. G, high C, B, A, G, A, B, C. Joel? Blue Bells of Scotland. The Blue Bells of Scotland, right. <laughs> now let's try this one. B, down to A sharp, up to B. Uh, Doris? Isn't that the butterfly? It certainly is. But you're supposed to play your answer now. Go on. 
that was certainly very beautifully played, Doris. Thank you very much. Now, you come on back up here to your, your desk. And six. I wish I was seven years old and could play the piano like that. Now, uh, Cecil H. Bragdon of Haverhill, Massachusetts, thinks that each of the uh, following objects uh, should suggest the name of a signer of the Declaration of Independence. Let's see if they do. Two out of three on this one. A hat. A hat. Patrick. Isn't there a Franklin hat? Franklin hat? Benjamin I, Franklin. I of course. don't think there is, Pat. Oh, well, that'd uh, be John. It'd be Adams. Adams, Adams hat. All right, fine. I'll, yeah, John Adams. Very good. And uh, how about a nickel? A nickel. George. Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson is right. And uh, an automobile. An automobile. Now, there's one for you. An automobile should suggest the name of a signer of the Declaration of Independence. George? Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin for the Franklin is right. That's fine. I only asked for two out of three, and you gave me three out of three. Now, this question is from uh, Marion Gates of uh, Seattle, Washington. Since vacation's over and you children are back in school, there'll be a number of amusements you will not have much time for until next summer. For this question, you are to name titles of poems that mention things you will not see so much of now that you're back in school. Titles of poems. Doris. Well, there is um, uh, some poems that I know. The Tree uh, by uh, Joyce Kilmer. The Tree, um, a tree, uh-huh. Well, that's all right. That's very good, and, Doris. Um, and, uh, Patrick? Well, I think the merry-go-round uh, merry broke down as a poem, too. And, well. of course, you won't be seeing a merry-go-round anymore because that's, uh, <laughs> that's right. for vacation. That's correct. And, Joel? Well, to the sw Swing by Stevenson. Well, of course, uh, you have swings around your school and your playgrounds, don't you? Well, not during the winter. Well, uh, don't you really? Around our neighborhood, they take them down. And oh, I see. Uh-huh. All right, then. And Doris? At the Seaside by Robert Louis Stevenson and Rain by Robert Louis Stevenson. That's right. Two very good ones. Uh-huh. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Now, then, uh, I'm going to give you quiz kids another clue to the who's it question. Uh, the first clue was men at play add to his cares, a uniform he seldom wears. The second clue is he never has been national. A truck should keep you rational. Now, you think that went over, kids, and I'll call for your answers in a minute. Meanwhile, here's Bob Murphy with a question. What causes a headache? Well, of course, you folks know the answer to that one. A busy day, working in a stuffy office or store, nervousness, or just plain old fatigue. Any of these things can bring on the discomfort of a headache. Yes, and when they do, Mr. Murphy, the only thing you're concerned about is relief, fast relief. Right you are. And that's why so many thousands of folks depend on... Alka-Seltzer. I always say there's nothing like it for quick, dependable relief when headache pain is making me feel miserable. And I don't wait to put Alka-Seltzer on the job either when a headache's bothering me. That's mighty wise. Yes, one or two Alka-Seltzer tablets dissolved in a glass of water can bring you the relief you want in a hurry. You bet. Uh, but say, aren't you forgetting something? You usually say, listen to it fizz. And boy, when you have a headache, that Alka-Seltzer fizz is just about the most welcome sound ever. Yes, Alka-Seltzer's fizz is mighty important. That's its effervescent base. And it means Alka-Seltzer gets there fast, gives fast relief. And because Alka-Seltzer is already dissolved when you drink it, its pain-relieving ingredient is ready to go to work instantly. So remember, friends... When headache causes grief, misery can be brief. Take Alka-Seltzer for relief. Sure thing. And here's something I've discovered. That extra package in the shop. 
can help a fellow feel tip-top. All right, kids, how's our who's-it question coming along? First clue was men at play add to his cares, a uniform he seldom wears. Second clue was he never has been national. A truck should keep you rational. Uh, Joel's hand is up, so he's going to be the spokesman. All right, Joel. A.B. Happy Chandler. No. No. Ah, but there's, here's, here's one more clue. In 1930 and in 29, he led them all and did just fine. Patrick. Wouldn't that be Joe McCarthy? No. No. Ah, George. Babe Ruth. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Are you kids give up on this one? Connie Mack is the answer. Connie Mack, see? You remember what I said? Men at play add to his cares a uniform he seldom wears. And, of course, Connie Mack is famous for not wearing a uniform. And second clue, he never has been national. A truck should keep you rational. He's always been with the American, not the National League. And Mack truck should suggest Connie Mack. And then, of course, Connie Mack's Philadelphia Athletics won the World Series in 1930 and 29. All right. Now, your next week's mystery question is a what's it? And why was it in the first place question? <laughs> and I'll give you your first clue at the end of the program. And now it's time for me to introduce an old friend of the Quiz Kids who is our guest observer for today, one of Chicago's busiest men. He's not only president of the Chicago Museum of Science and Industry, but he's also responsible for the spectacular success of the railroad fair now in progress here in Chicago. And here he is, Major Lennox R. Lohr. Major Lohr, I believe you have a question you'd like to ask the quiz kids. Yes, I have, Mr. Kelly. There it is. A lot of people have attended our railroad fair this summer. Over two million of them. And we have postponed the closing date to take care of many who still wish to come. I've devised a math problem based on one week's actual attendance. Now, without paper or pencil, see whether you can figure out the average daily attendance for this particular week. The attendance per day was as follows. Sunday, 71,000. Monday, 42,000. Tuesday, 40,000. Wednesday, it rained, and the attendance dropped to 24,500. Thursday, 34,000. Friday, 38,000. And Saturday, 72,100. Now, what was the average daily attendance that week? Joel? Well, the total there is 321,600. So, it would be 7 into 321,600. 7 into 280,000 is 40,000. 7 into 35,000 is 5,000. So, that would be a 45,900. 42 and 6 sevenths. Or to the nearest man, let's see, it'd be, uh... Well, I'd say that that wasn't close enough. As a matter of fact, it's... In fact, I'd say it was exact. It took five of us up in the control room five minutes to figure it out. But we haven't figured out what happened to that one-seventh of a man. Maybe he was married. Well, that was a fine question, Major Lohr, and we're mighty happy to have you visit us again. By the way, how long has it been since you were here? 
Quite some time, Joe. The bright young faces I see here this afternoon are not the ones I saw on my first visit, but their minds are certainly as alert. And like all the boys and girls who've appeared on this outstanding radio program, these children are equated to our great American system of education. Their high degree of constructive curiosity was well exemplified recently when several of them were our guests at the railroad fair. I saw them eagerly assimilating the story of the railroad's part in the development of our country. It was an inspiration to see their enthusiasm and their patriotism kindled in flame as they watched the wheels of the ancient locomotives and coaches turn again the pages of their history. I believe the quiz kids typify that spirit of inquiry which not only seeks for facts, but for the meaning of those facts. To the same degree that our children learn, evaluate, and apply their knowledge, our democracy will live and our republic will flourish. Thank you, Major Lohr. It's a pleasure to have you with us this afternoon. Now back to questions. Since uh, all of you quiz kids went back to school last Tuesday and little Melvin attended school for the very first time, Helen Williams of Portland, Oregon, wants to know how things went. Do you feel that you got off to a good start? Now, how about it, kids? Patrick? Well, I certainly do. Um, I did some work for the principal uh, during the week, and uh, I think we got off to a, good, a very good start. I think all the kids did, because mm -hmm. uh, uh, we have uh, some new uh, teachers there, and uh, I like them all. I see. Might I ask what kind of work you did? Uh... Well, uh, since we're in departmental, we, uh, we uh, did a mixture of work, uh, some English and some arithmetic. Oh. Those were the, uh, and some history. That was the outstanding work. Oh, we I see. get around to much. Uh-huh. All right, Patty. And uh, Joel? Well, I found from experience that whenever I say I've uh, done something good so far, then uh, something went, goes wrong. So I don't think it's uh, far enough to know how good I got. I see. Too uh -huh. bad and uh, uh, Melvin? Well, uh, when we weren't going to play with the blocks anymore, there were big blocks. And she picked out uh, our teacher. Uh, she picked out uh, some uh, few kids, three kids to, uh, you know, clean up the blocks. And I uh, did that. And uh, my boyfriend did it. Yeah. Oh he, oh, he did, too. I see. Uh-huh. Yes, and oh. there was another boy. There. I, uh, I forgot his name. Oh, you forgot his name. Uh, there was a third party. I see. Uh-huh. And uh, Doris? Oh, I have a new teacher that I like very much. Her name is Miss Feldman. Uh-huh. And um, she gives us multiplication, which I like to learn very much. Oh, fine. Uh-huh. And George? <laughs> Go ahead, George. It's quite a bit different for me because I'm going into high school. When you're in grammar school uh, in your last year, everybody looks up to you. Then when you get in grammar school, right, in high school right away, they call you a freshie and <laughs> everybody boss you around. <laughs> well, that bell means it's time to ask an important question of the judges. Who won this afternoon? We'll have the answer in just a moment. And while we're waiting, here's a message about one-a-day brand vitamins. Don't take chances. Are you sure you're getting all the essential vitamins you need from the food you eat? Remember this. Government surveys show that the meals of three out of four persons are short on vitamins. Don't take chances. Instead, take one-a-day brand multiple vitamins. 
Lack of vitamins in your food can cause you to feel under par and run down. So take one a day brand multiple vitamins. 60 capsules, two months supply, only $2 at any drugstore. Potency guaranteed by Miles Laboratories. Lack of vitamins in your food can keep you from feeling your best and looking your best. You can't afford to take chances. Take one a day brand multiple vitamin capsules. All right, now, children, here are your report cards. Remember, we take your age into consideration as well as the number of correct answers you gave in determining your score. And don't forget this either. Whether you win or lose this afternoon, you will each receive a $100 security bond from the makers of Alka-Seltzer to help you with your future education. Now then, here's the judge's report. They say our entire class missed uh, only one question this afternoon. Joel Kupperman was first. Pat second, and Reese and Melvin tied for third. So we'll be seeing you four back in class next Sunday, along with David Prohaska, age 11. And now here's your homework quiz, kids. And you listeners want to pay attention to this clue on our what's it and why was it in the first place question for next week, too. I'm going to read it just once. Here it is. Sing a song of gingerbread. Hmm, say, that's going to require some deep thinking, isn't it? Well, see what you can do with it between now and next Sunday. Until then, this is Joe Kelly dismissing the quiz, kids. Goodbye, kids. Bye. Listen to the quiz, kids, every week, and listen to Alfie Seltzer's News of the World every Monday through Friday on most of these NBC stations. This is Bob Murphy speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.